I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do we have to do this? Do we actually have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Talk of the Two, the fucking Newcastle United fucking podcast. You know the rest. My name is Will and as usual I'm joined by... Hodgie and Ray. How are we both doing? Depressed. I'd like to say good, but I'd like to apologise to any new listeners out there. Will's a little bit depressed this morning, like all of us. So we are <laughs> usually a little bit more cheery than this, <laughs> but it's hard. Yeah, for once, Gray's the most bubbly in the intro. <laughs> That's telling you something. <laughs> but Gray loves Schadenfreude, doesn't he? He's most happy when things are going wrong. You need to stay positive, man. <laughs> Someone has to. Yeah, I'll I'll sort myself out, I'm sure. Weekend's been okay? Yeah. Great. Until ruined at half four yesterday, but yeah, it's been really good apart from that. (laughs) It was going so well. Bank holiday, last one of the year. Is it the last bank holiday of the year? It is, yeah. Well, it depends if you count Christmas Day and that is a bank holiday, don't you? I don't. That's just like a festive holiday, isn't it? Technicalities. Yeah. Before we get into it, probably just say congratulations. A one Mr. David Hodgson made his Aussie Rules international debut for not only one, but two <laughs> countries. <laughs> two countries this weekend. So Hodge, you were supposed to be, you were down in London this weekend. So we came to watch you play Aussie Rules. You were supposed to be making your debut for, for Team GB, which you did. Yep. You played really well, but you ended up making two debuts, didn't you? Yeah, ended up playing for Ireland as well in the fourth quarter because they, uh, <laughs> they had a bit of a logistical nightmare getting players over, so they only brought 15 of the 18 that were going to be on the field. So GB had to give Ireland three players every quarter <laughs> and just rotate it. So yeah, made a double debut. Rumour has it he made his debut for Ireland before GB is what I've heard. No, he didn't. No, no, no. no. There was a point where I was in, the, in an island shirt, caught the ball, turned and went to go play out and kicked it straight to a boy in the blue. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, hold on, I'm, I'm in green for this quarter. <laughs> I was just going to say, you had an absolute stormer for GB and then as soon as you put the island shirt on, it seemed like you were still playing for GB. You were absolutely shite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was fun. Just about missed the fucking torrential rain as well. I think we're just putting off talking about... If we could just talk about anything apart from yesterday's match for as long as possible, that would be champion. I suppose we should probably get into it, but before we do, we'll bring it back, our old segment, the three-word summary, what you call it, the three-word review. Got to think of something snappier than that. Hodge, I think you came prepared. What three words would you use to sum up yesterday's result against Liverpool? Embarrassing, embarrassing embarrassing yeah. <laughs> you can't use the same word three times <laughs> embarrassing shit show that was just poor wasn't it? there you go that's all that's right uh, gray 
Oh, Anthony one, Gordon. <laughs> God, you're all fucking Mr. Positive today, aren't you? I don't Love know how it. I feel about this. <laughs> fucking hell. You've taken a completely shit situation and turned it into a Get it? Well, got one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would I say? Fuck off, Klopp. <laughs> you fucking turkey teeth fucking bastard. I hate him so much, his gurney little face. I hate him uh, as much as the Scousers hate the Sun newspaper. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, different levels, but okay, we'll take it. Right, let's get into it then. Yesterday, St. James's Park, playing at home. We obviously remember last time Liverpool came to St. James's Park last year, we had Nick Pope sent off, and I think we're beaten 2-0. Unhappy memories in this fixture, I think, over the decades. We don't have a great record against Liverpool, and despite a very bright start, we continued that flipping record, didn't we? We ended up losing 2-1, despite going up 1-0 against 10 men, it turned out. Pretty miserable, pretty disappointed. It was an embarrassing result for the trajectory we were on. I think expectations are very high. And yet again, I don't want to sound really, really downbeat because ultimately we have to look at things in perspective, but two weekends on the bounce, we've had very disappointing results against teams that we really should be challenging. Who wants to kick us off? Hodge, I think you've been absolutely chomping at the bit. Likewise, Gray, but I think Hodge has been more vocal. So, Hodge, take it away. Thoughts on the game? Just a complete bit of mismanagement, and I'm not going to steal Gray's thunder here because I know he wants to kind of go in hard on Eddie Howe, but I mean, I suppose at the same time, I need to take my hat off and tip it towards Klopp because he actually nope. managed to... <laughs> you nope. could not say that. <laughs> he managed it a little bit better. They got a little bit lucky with a couple of bits, but so did we. I just think over and all, the whole game just lacked a bit. It was so clunky from the start. I think I messaged in the chat about 20 minutes and I was like, this is the most clunkiest start I think I've seen us have. I think our XG in the game was meant to be like 1.8 and theirs was 0.84, but they somehow managed to turn around and get that two goals to win. And I just can't believe how you can let something like that slip. You've had 22 shots with only eight on target. I mean, fair play to Alison Becker made a couple of wonderful saves, but... Against 10 men, you just need to be burying them and running them off the park, and we just didn't. We let them just sit back and control and let them do their quick counter, which is what they'd like to do for a while. So just the whole thing was just an absolute... I've seen Gray's hand go up already. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, we're going to come to you. You fucking... He's absolutely <laughs> He's like, clicking yeah, it on and off now. <laughs> let me at him. Let me at him. Fucking scrappy-doo. The whole thing was just a bit of a, like I say, embarrassing shit show, and I'll now happily pass over to Gray for the next 15 minutes. I'll, I'll go and make a cup <laughs> Yeah. And apparently Ozzy doesn't want to listen to me either. So Yeah, I'll go and show him in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, please bear in mind I've got to leave in half an hour, Gray. If no, you no, could, I, uh... I, was going to keep, I was going to keep it short and sweet. I'll try to anyway. Good lad, go on then. Yeah, so once Trent got that yellow card, I just didn't understand why the rest of our play kept going down the right-hand side. Oh, yes! And yes. we only once in the 70 minutes that Gordon was on the pitch managed to get in the wrong side behind Trent. And the number of times that Fabian Scher had the ball, and if we go back to a couple of seasons ago, or even last year when ASM was on the pitch, those worldy crossfield passes you'd play straight into the path of ASM was exactly what we needed for Gordon to run onto behind Trent, because Trent was pushing up so high up the pitch. The minute he's on the wrong side of Gordon, we can buy that foul. Yeah. But we just didn't take that approach. And I don't know why Shah didn't play those balls we all know he's capable of over the top. And for me, that just completely baffled me. We started to do it a little bit in the second half and Joe Linton went out there. But 
yeah, I just didn't get the logic of why we kept going down the right. I know we've got a bit more of attacking, like we've got Trippier there, we've got Miggy, we've got options, but should have got Adam. I just couldn't get my head around it. And yeah, we just didn't look like scoring. I asked who assisted the Newcastle goal earlier. I think this kind of sums our day up that we didn't really look like scoring. And the only time we did score was assisted by a Liverpool player, which yeah. is um, frustrating. And yeah, a little bit worried when same happened last year. They played on the counter-attack. Even when we were down to 10 men, they still played on the counter-attack. And we just need to find a way to beat these teams. City did something pretty similar, even though they're a bit more dominant in possession. They also like to play on the break when they get that quick turnover. But we just don't seem to be... We had 40% possession against City and didn't make anything of it. I just really worry when we're the team in possession. How are we going to score those goals? That wasn't as ranty as I thought it was going to be, actually. Oh, I, I could have, I could have gone more. I was biting my tongue. Yeah, pretty level, level headed <laughs> yeah, of you. I could just see Gray this morning walking his dog, just being like fucking hell, fucking hell, fucking hell, just ready to go. <laughs> I've got a few more points, which I'm sure I'll make shortly. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get yeah. to those. We'll get to those. But but on your first point, the Trent thing. Obviously, he gets a very cheap yellow card very early in the game. Is it cheap though? He knows the I, rules. Well, what what is it? Is it because he threw it away? Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it descent or is it time wasting? It's a combination of both. Yeah. It happened last week. A player got a very soft yellow card. 30 seconds later, made a yellow card tackle and got sent off for it. Tomoyasu. Yeah. So Trent was a very, very lucky boy. I say he knows the rules. He can't, yeah. he can't show descent. So you're going to get a yellow no. card there. Being objective, I think it was cheap. And I can see why they'd be upset with that one. Absolutely. But the ref absolutely fucking bottles yeah. the second yellow card. That is a blatant yellow card. Tony Gordon has Trent on toast. Fastest player in the league, Anthony Gordon. He's got him all ends up. His defending is a bit of a weakness, I think, in Trent's game, isn't it? He's all about the attack. He's been playing like centre mid some fucking games as well. Like Anthony Gordon was turning him inside out, had him for pace, and the referee absolutely fucking bottles that decision. No bones about it, which is why I think he's so quick to give the Virgil van Dijk red card. He probably knows he's fucked that one up. And it's so annoying that you can't go to VAR on a yellow card because they would have been turned around saying, yeah, well, if it's anywhere else on the pitch, if it's anyone else on the pitch, irregardless, you have to be, and I think Shearer said the same thing, you have to be consistent. Like that is a yellow card challenge and it has to be given and Trent has to be off. So if the referee produced the yellow card and gave a red card, that red card would have been checked. So why mm. don't they check the reverse? He's not given the yellow this card. Is a bottler. So why do VAR not get involved? Although we know VAR is completely corrupt. Like Mike Dean said, he was not going to throw his mate under the bus. So I can't trust VAR. I can't trust any referee now, really. Yeah, but to your point, like, <laughs> fucking Tony Gordon should have just been at him because he was very much living a charmed life. I don't know how fucking Trent's actually survived that game because, well, I do know how he survived it, actually. He sat off Gordon the entire game after that, and that's why Gordon was looking so dangerous because... Trent didn't want to commit, didn't want to make a challenge. He should have been going down that left-hand side and we should have had him off. The mind boggles as to why we didn't do that and how we've ended up not coming away from that match with fucking anything. I just do not understand. I'm getting all frazzled now. Great, yeah, sorry, Hodge. <laughs> Who are we going to? Who wants it? Hodge. Especially after the red card from Van Dyke, like it should have just been, right, everything good on the left-hand side. And even if it got to the point where they took Trent Alexander-Arnold off because he was absolutely knackered, 
and put someone on because the next person to come on would probably not have been as good as what he is as a player. So it would have still been weaker, even if we didn't get the final result of potentially another red card. Mm. For me, any other Premier League manager worth their salt or any other team, just never mind the manager, like the team should just recognise that and be like, right, <laughs> we're going to go for it. Go for the kill, definitely. You've got to give them that opportunity. He's going to jump in at some point especially if he's backing in towards the box. It's like what Kieran Trippier does a couple of times. He tries to get in there before they get into the box because if they get in the box, that's danger. They can put an easy ball in or if they get fouled softly in the box, it's going to be a penalty nowadays. Mm. Force him to make that error early. And if it's a yellow card again to get him sent off, then fantastic. It's as good as probably having a penalty, getting their team down to nine men. It was set up to be fucking perfect. I think apart from the really clunky start that you mentioned, Hodge, it was like pinball at points. The ball was just bouncing all over the place it was all set up for us i mean as i say mo salah passes it back to trent trent misses his touch and gordon's in and he finishes very well and very clinically when he's one-on-one with a keeper big pressure puts it away three or four minutes later virgil van dyke goes through that people are trying to say that's controversial one fucking jamie carragher on the telly trying to say it's controversial no chance like it doesn't matter if he's won the ball he's gone through the back of isaac and you just can't do that Especially in a goal scoring anywhere, anywhere on the pitch. But it's fucking Jamie Carragher saying, how can you say that's a goal scoring opportunity? Because uh, he was through on goal if you hadn't fucking scythed him down. On his stronger foot. Yeah. I love Shea Given coming on just going, well, yeah, it is. The referee got it right. And then the presenter went, right, that's the break. So fucking Carragher <laughs> couldn't come back. It's like, yeah. right, I got, it's like, I got the final word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> objectively speaking, although it's difficult to be objective being a Newcastle fan, I think the referee got that one right. But I think personally... He was more inclined to give that one because he knew probably that he should have sent Trent off. So it was all going in our favour. And I think, Gray, I'll come to you on this one. I think arguably Liverpool played far better with 10 men than they did 11. They just seemed to switch something on. They sat back, they just bunkered in and we couldn't make the breakthrough again. They knew exactly what their position was. Their position was to get as deep into the game at 1-0. They looked far more threatening when Salah moved into that central role especially in the first half and he was just running between the lines and yeah he making a bit of a nuisance for himself he didn't look like scoring but you could clearly see that he was causing our, some of our defenders to tire and I think that was quite evident in the second half I'll get on to Botman but they just knew exactly what we were doing it's clearly very well drilled at one point they, they had 10 men with three defenders on the pitch they had Enzo drop back into center half for a couple of minutes while Gomez was while the ball was still alive, they've got a tiny centre half in there. Well, defensive midfielder. Just stick a massive Dan Burn on him and rip some crosses in while we got the ball. Put some pressure in that moment when they're trying to reconfigure, but we just didn't take that initiative. But a little bit of credit has to be given to Liverpool for staying in. And I mean, you're only saying that because your wife's a Liverpool fan. Oh, I couldn't care what she thinks. But, <laughs> she doesn't listen. You would never so tell her that. <laughs> You'd never say that to her face. <laughs> but I mean, I think you gotta you gotta give some credit as you, Alison, that moment of brilliance. I mean, quite lucky, like saving it on one hand onto the other, onto the bar. And then I thought when he was scrambling to knock it behind, he's somehow gonna end up in the goal. But he just didn't trust Trent with that, did he? He was like, Nope. It was dropping <laughs> a Trent, he was like, No, I'll put this behind for a corner. But <laughs> the game Trent was having, he probably would have fired it into the back of a net. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that moment of brilliance, like Hodge touched on a couple of other saves, but we made their life very easy. I thought Botman, up until his little error, that he couldn't really help. The ball just bounces off his arse. I thought he was excellent. Mm. Do you not think he was? I thought he had an excellent game. I agree with you, Will. Yeah, I think he marshaled really well. I think Dan Byrne had another good game and kept Mo Salah. 
quite quiet on the right-hand side, which we always worry about Dan Byrne in these big games when he's coming across like world-class talents, but he always somehow managed to have a good game. I thought Fabian Scher, great to your point earlier, was strong defensively, but there was just something about his distribution that was just way off. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Great. You disagree with Botman having a good game? Defensively, I thought super, very strong, made some very important last-ditch tackles. Oh, what do you expect from a centre-half? Were you going to say attacking-wise, he was quite poor? No. <laughs> <laughs> like I mentioned about Shah and his ball-playing skills. In the second half, when we were passing around the back, every time it went to Botman... We're usually used to seeing them play those balls into midfield, those bounce passes quite quickly. But just something seemed to happen in that second half. We looked like we were trying to shape it to the left and then it got to Botman and he just held onto the ball way too long. Defensively, no criticisms. I thought, again, immense, but he just held onto probably one second too long and he just slowed the play down. Like I said, we should have been attacking down the left and there's Perfect opportunity for him to get it on his left foot, open his body up and fire that pass around, out to Gordon, out to Byrne. But then again, it just seemed to be like we were coached to go down that right-hand side. So he got the ball, went back to Shah, and you just knew exactly what was going to happen every time he got the ball. Whether some of that was Tenali going off as well, which we'll no doubt come on to, bizarre. But yeah, we just didn't seem to be playing those balls into midfield like we'd been so good at against Villa. And even against City, we were being able to find those passes into midfield. Botman, for me, when in possession, didn't have a great game. But defensively, yeah, again, strong as a rock. And I hope his injury isn't too bad. Yeah, I thought he was great. Just going back, I think, I don't know who it was coming down that left. Someone, one of the Liverpool players had broken down the left-hand side, was pretty much through on goal and just out of absolutely nowhere. That was Salah. Yeah, out of nowhere slides Botman to make a last-ditch tackle. It was absolutely fantastic. I thought he didn't put a foot wrong, really, and I think it would be harsh to criticise him at all for Liverpool's first goal, where it just bounces off his arse, and then he somehow backheels it as he's in the motion of running back, and then Nunes is in. Hodge? I was just going to highlight that. I thought he played well. There's a couple of other people that probably deserve a shout-out. Tenali's feet were pretty good. Tenali was great. Gordon had the bit between his teeth today, and he really wanted to do some damage against Liverpool, obviously. Being dropped by them as a young kid and then being an Everton fan and, and, and going through the ranks there, there was obviously a bit of heart in it. But there was a couple of people I think didn't really step up to the mark. Miggy, like you're going to be shocked that I'm going to go and bash him here. But I think Miggy's just, if, if we are trying to base ourselves and say, look, we are Champions League club, which we are now currently. Yes, fantastic. If we're going to be coming up against teams that are like Liverpool, who are Champions League teams... We need to have someone who has a fucking right foot. There were so many occasions where he got into such a dangerous area, cut back or cut away from goal. 
like you've got to chance something, get something into the box. You've got to put it in that danger area because people can fuck up. Yeah, as we've seen plenty of times in the past, like you can get a dodgy little touch away or a deflection that comes to our player in free space and he just buries it. Needs to have a bit more of that killer instinct. Like, yes, he had a really good run at the end of the game, but one good play in a game isn't good enough. I think we keep him currently. We can use him as a rotation player, but when it comes to January and we can potentially spend again, we get rid of him to bring someone in who can use both feet. In the game, he probably shouldn't have stayed on as long as he did. I think he should have been subbed earlier, and I think Isaac should probably have stayed on longer or even maybe shuffled him over to the right-hand side or put Harvey Bonds on the right-hand side. For me, that would have been a better option, or even Jacob Murphy. But I just think Miggy, at the minute, I've given him more than enough chances now, and I just really, I can't I can't do any more. Even if he goes and scores six goals in the next six games, I, I'll st- I still stand by what I say. Yeah. I think Miggy is good at progressing the ball up the pitch. He's good at taking the ball in. He's good at making good runs. He always finds himself in a good position. But as you say, Hodge, it's that last bit. It's the finishing piece. Yes, he got loads of goals last season. Where is that now? We need, as you say, a bit more quality, I think, on that right-hand side because we play an inverted winger, I guess, system where we expect players to cut in. That's why he's in the team because it fits our system because he cuts in from that right-hand side and takes shots on his left foot just like Gordon cuts in from the left and takes shots on his right foot. But Gordon crosses with his left. He gives it a go. You know what I mean? That's that's the total difference. Well, yeah, yeah, like... yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think Gordon was was brilliant yesterday for 70 minutes and Tonali was great at marshalling the midfield but Bruno was quite quiet again Joe Linton was good at tracking back playing really well as like a sweeper type role but 70 minutes is just where the game completely changes isn't it like we make a triple substitution we bring on I think Longstaff for Tonali Barnes for Gordon and Wilson for Isaac yeah which completely changes the game. And I don't understand why we've taken arguably our two best players on the day off in Tonali and Gordon. Maybe Gordon's tired because he's run his fucking socks off, but Tonali looked comfortable. They both look comfortable. And I can't understand why Howe has taken them off at that point. Take Bruno off, you know what I mean? If you're bringing Longstaff on, take Bruno off, you would argue in that position because he's not having the best game. I'm in the dangerous territory of doing an NUFC 360 and slagging Bruno, and I hope Bruno's not going to listen to this and kick off at us. But I, I just can't get my head around those decisions, and I'm still trying to come to terms with it. Gray, what were your Great thoughts? Great segue into Gray's rant here. <laughs> yeah. I got one of those substitutions, which was Isaac for Wilson. And for me, yeah. I don't think Isaac had a great game yesterday. He just wasn't really there, was he? Yeah, and I was struggling to try and see how he was trying to get himself in the game. He likes to make those instinctive runs when we're almost playing that counter-attacking, that free-flowing football. And that's when he gets in really good positions. But again, when we're holding the majority of possession, he just seems to be a little bit lost. And that was quite evident yesterday. I would have quite liked to have seen Wilson come on at half-time and bully that defence a little bit. Yeah, they were there to be got at, weren't they? Liverpool at the minute are... I mean, everyone's saying we're going through this transition phase but actually they're still a very very good side and their weakest part of their team is their defense and especially when they've lost van dyke who's a man mountain let's be real Kanate's out they got matip i mean i'd back wilson to push him around the pitch he's a good defender but he's not got that presence about him has he 
as Hodgie would say, he's made of Tic Tacs, isn't he? <laughs> and then Gomez is just being completely off the boil. And if Wilson's running at them, they're going to be worried. So for me, that was a bit of a mistake to keep Isaac on for as long as possible, because I think Wilson offers us a little bit more when we're in possession. But to take Tenali off, yeah, I just didn't get it. Yes, he took a little bit of time to get into the game. Maybe he's made a few bad decisions with some of these one-touch passes, but that's his game. Yeah. And it's going to take him a little bit of time to settle into where our players' moving patterns are and things like that, and it will come, but he needs to be spending that time on the pitch. And for me, he was providing that energy we needed in midfield. In the first 20 minutes, I thought he was a little bit lost with where he should be positionally, but he grew into the game and started to kind of get that hold and that grip on it and was starting to make some of those key passes which we needed in that situation. And... For Gordon to go off, I'm presuming that there is an injury there because, like, yes, he ran his socks off and I think he was moving a little bit ropely at the end. But for me, I would have really liked to see Barnes come on for Miggy and then Gordon possibly switch to the other side because we don't know how versatile Gordon can be. And like Hodgie says, he can cut in on his left, he can play with both feet, which would have given us something a little bit extra. And just to touch on your point around Bruno, I feel for the bloke. He's clearly frustrated that he's not playing his best football, but he's just trying way, way too hard. And I think that was evident for his mistake in their second goal, where he's tried to play a clever little dink pass and it's just not come off. Where if he had got hold of that ball and passed it back to the defence, we're not in that position should we be substituting him when he's not playing well? Absolutely. It's for the benefit of the team. And I think he, as well as anyone, will know that it's all about the benefit of the team. I just think we need to take a little bit of pressure off him. And I also think he might be struggling a little bit. He has been our talisman for the last year. And is he playing in the shadows of Tonali a little bit? I worry that it might be getting to his mind a little bit. Bruno plays best when he doesn't have to think about it. And now he's got a thing where he's like, oh shit, we've actually got a really a bit of bit of depth in the squad. Need to perform. But at the same time, it's the way that Liverpool managed the game. They slowed it right down and we don't play well like that. Like you say, we have Isaac who likes to play on that quick ball, run around. Just I can't, I can't see us having much more of a plan B really at the minute. Like that's my biggest gripe, and I think we said that last year. There's not there doesn't seem to be an out and out plan B. There is a little bit more now because we've got some different kind of players that can come on, and we've got a slightly different option. But the whole right, let's break it down. We're one nil up. They've got ten men. They're just going to sit down and relax with on the ball. How do we keep that game and shut it out rather than push, 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 push all the time? Which is what our team I think like to do be interesting to see how we move on this this just seems like it's going to be a bit of a blip and one game does not define your whole season not by a long stretch we've got a long way to go but when we come up against Brighton which is going to be a hard task after they've been battered last week they're going to be up for it yeah especially at the Amex as well yeah we need to be up for it and this game will not define the season next game I don't think will there's still a nice a good run and we've still got to play most people twice but it's how we bounce back this is the character that we need to show next and hopefully we can really turn around. 100%. We have to look at things in perspective. And I was saying to Ali when we were at the pub yesterday, the shite we've been through over the last decades, hopefully this is a, just a, a blip. And, you know, because everything has gone so well last season, the good is great and the bad just seems terrible at the time. But we have to remember we're three games in 
We absolutely humped Aston Villa 5-1 on the opening day. We've lost to current Champions League winners, fucking Man City, and we've lost to our bogey team, Liverpool. More disappointing about the performance than the team, I guess. But we've got 35 games left and a Champions League campaign to come up. So let's try and be a bit positive. Just on your point, Hodge, is there any changes you would like to see other than the obvious Miggy? Any changes you'd like to see on the on the team sheet going into the Brighton game? Yeah, I would probably like to get some probably minutes off Lewis Hall. I think obviously how he's going to do his thing where he'll kind of bring him in slowly and whatnot. But I don't think Burn had a bad game. Like. No, I don't think Burn had a bad game. I'd just rather see him actually straight on the bench and be like, right, okay, we're going to give you at least 15, 20 minutes. Like, yeah. we need to bed him into our team and how we play very early because. I think he's going to be a real big threat for us this year, especially if we can get him up and running as quick as possible. It just gives us a bit more of a out-and-out left-back. I think Miggy to be dropped, who plays there, I'm not sure. Potentially Isaac and put Wilson up top. <sighs> yeah, that for me, they're the other ones. I think Bruno deserves another chance. But if he's not doing well, then 45 minutes is all you get from me. Apart from that, I think everything stays the same. Yeah, I hope in Botman obviously can reappear, given a week's turnaround to see what this injury is. Yeah, we need to go into this international break with another win under our belt. 100%. We need to get ourselves back on winning form because two weeks on the back of a loss is a long time. Burn, I'm kind of comfortable with. Yes, it'd be good to see Lewis Hall, given the highlight reels that we've all seen on YouTube. <laughs> uh, the state of fucking football <laughs> these days. I'd like to see more minutes for Elliot Anderson. I think when he's come on, he's looked bright. Obviously, he had a fantastic preseason. If that's for Bruno, and Bruno, you know, needs something, some time on the bench just to kind of like G him back up. But I think he's so emotional, he could go one or two ways. Yeah. He'll go on the bench and he'll be dead miserable, or he'll take the bit between his teeth and, you know, really get back into it. And that's the inspiration he needs. I'd probably have Murphy on the right hand side, old reliable. And I think maybe he needs some time on the bench as well. And I'd probably start. Wilson, because that's two games in a row, arguably against really difficult opponents. But Isaac has kind of not really been there. Yes, he obviously creates the red card and he makes a good run, but he didn't really look dangerous. I can't really remember him having too many chances on goal over the last couple of games, likely due to the opponent and the way they're playing in the style, and we're just not progressing from midfield. But get Wilson on. He causes trouble. I think the Premier League defenders hate playing against him. We've got to do something different in this game to change things up a little bit and and that's probably the way I would go. Right, I'm conscious that we've got to wrap it up because I've got to go and have some breakfast. So, Gray, do you want to give us your thoughts ahead of the Brighton game? So, we're playing them on Saturday the 2nd of September down in Brighton at the Amex. Do you want to give us your thoughts and your predictions? Yeah, I always remember us struggling when we go to the Amex and I think Brighton are almost another bogey team for us a little bit. I mean, they certainly were winning the championship and yeah, they've come a long way, but I do feel that they've lost a lot of their key players in this transfer window. So not as optimistic as I have been the last few weeks, but I'm going to go for a 2-0 win for Newcastle. Yeah, I agree with Gray. I think it's going to be a tough fixture. Brighton are a bit of a bogey team. They give us a hard run, but we haven't lost to them in five. Can I see that changing? Maybe it's just because I'm depressed after that result, but I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. 
Mm. Will I be happy with it? Probably not, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> <laughs> to Gray's point, being a bogey team, being tough to go to the Amex, just gives me a good opportunity to talk about Mohamed Diame, my favourite ever player. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> that worldly goal he scored that seems like someone just smashed it into the box when it comes off the side of his foot and loops into the into the net. It was Atu's absolute shanked yeah, shot, Atu. wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Turned out to be a great assist in a really weird way. Yeah, it's hard not to be in a negative place. Why is that? (laughs) I wonder. I wonder. But Brighton, I hope he rings the changes. And I hope we see, as Hodge said, maybe like Gordon on the right-hand side and Barnes on the left, because that's a dangerous, dangerous attack that we've got there with maybe an Isaac or Wilson at the top. And I think if we do make changes and he gets into them this week, sorts himself out, Maybe see us pinching something. So I'm going to say 1-0 to Newcastle. Trust the process. Away at Brighton. Trust the process. That's it. But before we go, I better do the socials, I guess. So you can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. So Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it if you could give us a follow. And if you're feeling super generous, a five-star rating or review. Find our podcast on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. On Instagram at TOTT underscore podcast. And on Facebook by searching for Talk of the Tomb Podcast. Very, very disappointing day. Despite it looking very bright, we've absolutely bottled it. And I hate bottlers. We all know this. Let's hope we can bounce back and we can get something from the Brighton game and we can push ourselves back up the Premier League table. Unless there's anything else, we'll wrap it up there. So thank you all so much for listening and we will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us coming. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.